Hi, this is Larry Wilson, and this is How to Talk to Humans. This is the podcast that shows you how to improve your communication skills. Are you looking to get a better job? Are you looking to find a relationship? Are you trying to do things in your life that have frustrated you and eluded you so far? I can show you so easily how to change that. Now, I can only do it with humans. If you're looking to deal with vampires or zombies, extraterrestrials, this is not the show for you. But if you're really looking to improve your communication skills, I can show you what I've learned from 40 years in show business working with the biggest celebrities and superstars in the world, and their secrets are unbelievable. What I'm going to be teaching you during the course of this podcast every week are tools that you can use to communicate toward success. Hi, this is Larry Wilson, and welcome once again to an episode of How to Talk to Humans. I'm very excited this week because I want to talk to you about the idea of excess words. In my household, this is actually a big cause for hilarity and laughter, but it's probably too complicated to explain now, except maybe for the obvious, that sometimes in my household, there's sometimes people who feel like there's too many words for them to possibly uh, deal with. But I want to caution you against using too many words and diluting whatever your message may be. Now, You may use too many words in speaking, or you may use too many words in writing. It can happen either verbally or non-verbally. But it's interesting because I remember reading an interview with Quentin Tarantino, where he talked about when he got the funding to make his first film, Reservoir Dogs, And there's a lot going on in that film. It's uh, quite a film. There's a lot going on in there. But he talked about, he said, I felt like this might be the only chance I ever have to make a film. And so I want to get everything I possibly can in there. I think we all feel this way sometimes when we're speaking or when we're writing sometimes. We're so concerned that we not leave any detail out. And they may be all very important details. I'm not trying to downplay them. They may be extremely important. Uh, I think of this in particular, uh, I have a friend in Australia, a woman named Stephanie Wimpenny, who has just launched a website of her own and a Uh, Stephanie, please forgive me. I can't remember the name of this website. It's brand new. But Stephanie is very focused. Uh, She has a husband and two children and uh, lives sort of on a farm, a self-sustaining farm. Her website is really organized around helping women uh, feel more powerful, helping women feel more comfortable in their own skins and not feeling like they have to apologize in any way, for being women. Seems like a fairly noble pursuit. And I saw some stuff that Stephanie was posting online, and I saw that it had this same 
problem that we're discussing here, that some of her descriptions of what she was doing had too many words. So I texted her, and we went back and forth, and I said, I'm happy to help with this. Uh, I see what you're trying to say, but I said, imagine this, and I just took a few words out. I didn't really rewrite anything. And she wrote back and said, oh, my God, this is incredible. I said, well, it's your words. I just took out some of the excess words. And, and it's a little confusing at first because I'm not saying you can't use those words. I'm just saying we have to resist the impulse the way Tarantino felt like. I have to get everything. I may never have another chance to make a film. You will have a chance to write another sentence you will have a chance to speak another sentence. But you must resist the impulse to try to cram everything in that one sentence because it becomes too much for the listener or reader to be able to comprehend. I'm giving everyone the benefit of the doubt. When you're excited about something, and you really want to share this information or this feeling or whatever it is you're trying to convey, this is where this feeling comes from. There are other people, sometimes in marketing, and unfortunately I think of in politics, who have another agenda. That is, they want people to think they're extra smart. And so they have a tendency to put excess words in because again, I don't know if it's conscious or unconscious, they want the idea to become so complicated that it's difficult to understand. There are people in this life who, when they're confronted with something like that that seems too complicated, they can't understand it, they think, that must be really smart, because I can't understand it. At this late stage of the game, I have the exact opposite feeling. I've found the most complicated ideas presented by brilliant minds really easy to understand when they're communicated well. The most incredibly complex ideas. When somebody wants me to buy their tires or sign up for their gym or something like this, and I can't understand what they're saying because it's so dense with words, it doesn't make me think they're smart. It makes me think they are actually insecure about their message. It's a very common thing. If you're selling a good or service, it's probably natural to have some feeling of, oh gosh, I don't know if my apples that I'm offering for sale are as good as the apples from the farm next door or my window washing business. I'm not sure it's as good as those. It's probably a natural feeling. But no one's going to arrest you for saying, these apples are delicious. That's kind of a subjective evaluation. Unless they're rotten, and someone takes a bite and spits it out and says, these aren't delicious, these are rotten. Well, then they might realize you're wrong. Or if you have a window washing business and your people actually don't wash the windows, and some might go, this is not such a good service. You really didn't do a good job here, you know. But in general, people hopefully will patronize you and 
they'll decide, oh, this is good, I liked it, I felt like this was something valuable, I got good value from this. And I almost think you can't hope for more than this. But I'll give you a, uh, you know, I said I I didn't want to give you an example of what Stephanie said in her website, because also because it's not fair to her, because I know it's brand new and she's in the process, it's organic, she's uh, in the process of shaping it and changing it. Um, but I'll give you something I saw on a, on a sign in a subway in Boston. And I took a photo of it. I was so impressed by it. And it was, I, I want to make this very clear. It was uh, for a local church. And as you know, I never speak about politics or religion. And this, I make no bones about this has nothing to do about the fact that it's for a church. It's just that someone put this sign up. And obviously, they had the very best of intentions. And it was for a church uh, called Kings Hill Church. And I think it probably had a web address on it or something. It was just trying to get people interested in this church, maybe to come and visit, maybe to go online. And below where it said Kings Hill Church, it said, Guiding Generations to Wholeheartedly Follow God with a Bold Faith. Now, I have no doubt in my mind that whoever wrote this was completely sincere. This is not someone trying to con you or put one over on you. I believe this is somebody who felt King's Hill Church had tremendous value to offer to the community. But as I looked at it, I thought, I kept, I kept reading it over and over again in, to myself. Now, it may be difficult just hearing it in my voice. Seeing it made it much clearer. But I'll say it to you again. It said, guiding generations to wholeheartedly follow God with a bold faith. And I thought, okay, I get what you're saying. You're saying people of all ages come here and are encouraged to follow God and really feel good about their faith in them. I thought, but the word wholeheartedly doesn't need to be in there. I thought, whoever wrote it, they weren't trying to put one over on you. They really felt strongly about this. They wanted you to get this message. Not just to follow God. They wanted you to understand that it's really wholeheartedly. Okay, I understand. But it would be so much stronger and more effective if it said, guiding generations to follow God with a bold faith. It's so much easier to understand. It's so much easier to read. So much easier to say. Guiding generations to follow God with a bold faith. Now, an argument could be made, if you really want to get into this, you could lose the word bold, right? Guiding generations to follow God with faith. My personal feeling is that that's a much stronger message. It can't be confused. You're not saying, oh yeah, 
we want you to sort of follow God if you got a few extra minutes. No, no, it's saying guiding generations to follow God with faith. But I can understand why someone put all those extra words in. I want you to look at the things you write in your business endeavors for if you work for a company or if you own a company. I want you to look at those messages that are being created. Maybe they're as simple as buy our product. Maybe they're more complicated. Maybe they're asking a question uh, that you know your potential customer, do you suffer from, and then whatever the problem is they may suffer from, we have the solution. Maybe that's what you're saying. Look at the things you've written. No one's ever going to know about this. This is secret. This is just between you and me, and I won't know the specifics of it. So don't be afraid to experiment. Look at it and try taking out some of those modifying adjectives or adverbs like wholeheartedly. Remember, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I've said this many times before in this podcast. Writing is rewriting. It's going over the material you've created again and again and again. And whether this is writing that's meant to be left as text, or whether you're writing material that you're going to then read and speak aloud and present, the more you rewrite, the tighter, cleaner, more succinct, more effective your communication becomes. So I want you to look at the material that you're creating and see, are there words that you could lift out and the message remains the same? Are there ways that you could change? I'm always, of course, a a huge fan, as I've said here before, on expanding your vocabulary. I would prefer, rather than you using the modifier very in front of a word, to find a more accurate, more descriptive, more evocative word. Instead of saying, I'm very, 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 very hungry, I'd rather you say, I'm famished, I'm starving. These are more evocative. They paint clearer pictures. They're stronger. And of course, they take up less space. Instead of, I'm very, very, very angry. What about, I'm enraged. I'm infuriated. Now, we're starting to get some pictures in our head, you know? Now we're starting to get something really clear. Well, let me ask you to look at your own materials that you've created Are there words that you could take out three or four words and replace them with a more specific word, with a more colorful word or a word that evokes strong feelings or ideas? Experiment. And 
you don't have to show it to anyone. No one ever has to know. It's your private business. But don't be surprised if you find the result seems more powerful to you, because it probably is. That this is always what we're trying to do. This is why I want you to use punctuation. It's to make your message clear. This is why, of course, obviously spelling matters, but this is why I encourage you to build your vocabulary. And it's not hard to do if you were to pick up one new word a day in a year you'd have almost 400 new words you'd added to your vocabulary. It's incredible. But it doesn't mean you have to use those words. I want you to increase your vocabulary because I want you to understand when other people use those words. I want it to be clear to you. It doesn't mean that you have to use them. But in certain cases you may find it makes your message more accessible to other people. It makes your message more powerful. It makes it impossible to misunderstand what you're trying to communicate. This has been Larry Wilson. I want to thank you for spending this time with me, and I hope you found this information useful. If you're looking for more, you can find it at thewilsonmethod.com. There's a ton of stuff there. In fact, if you want, you can even speak to me because I'm human. Send me an email at info at wilsonmethod.com because I read every single one. I hope that you'll join us next week in this continuing journey. And you'll be with me for the next episode of How to Talk to Humans. <laughs>